Hello and welcome to what is undoubtedly both the March and the April edition of the Mad Axman podcast. We've got the full gang back together, all seven of us this week, and we're covering the usual set of topics. There's a lot of chat about painting. There's almost accidentally a serious discussion about both the Warlord games and the GW contrast type paints as well. But more importantly, we've got a world of war, 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 war sports looking at the upcoming 15 male ADLG competition for Roll Call this coming weekend with guests Roy Keane, Micah Richards and Alan Hansen um, rounding out our punditry. There's also Andy's quiz and all the usual chat and nonsense. So sit back and please enjoy the podcast. This means war. Well, look, it's it's once a month now, isn't it? Which, um, well, sort of once a month. I can't even remember when the last one was, but let's pretend it's once a month. So then we can pretend we've got a regular schedule. And we were going to be joined by a, um, a transatlantic guest this time, but we've decided to strategically put that off till next month for, um, for health-related reasons. Um, but, but I think we've just about dragged the rest of the, the set of seven back um, here. We've got, we've got someone walking down a street who's going to dial in later. And um, But Andy, you're the man who's, you've had the Rona. You've been, you've been Ronaized or something yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And um, has, that, yeah. has that helped the painting? Because you've clearly not been able to go out, you know, even more so than, than normal. Or, how, what does Rona do for your painting, um, you know, mojo, so to speak? Uh, not a lot, except that when I got um, seriously bored, it, it just gave me more impetus to actually paint a few things that have been sitting around for a while. So um, I have actually managed to paint quite a few little bits. I mean, nothing that's amounting to a huge project, but um, I bought some museum miniatures in, the, you know, in their January sale. You always feel like you're missing out if you don't buy something. So but did you buy them bought, when you, you know, had the road? A couple of packs though. of Indian Warriors. But did you buy them because no, you were no, at no. home with the road? Did you do any Rona-based purchasing? No, no purchasing. Just just just, just, just painting. painting rubbish, painting crap. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, you know, it got so bad that I, I actually painted up the uh, uh, cruel seas MTBs, which have been sitting around for about three years. Oh my god, that's that's harsh because you know they're never going to be used, don't you? Really? That that's well, the game I, I, that's I, I people paint, have I painted them up, playing. and then I sort of tried a few games solo, and I realised playing it solo is really dull. And to be honest, um, I'm not entirely convinced that. Uh, Cruel Seas is a great game unless you've either got lots of players or you've had a few beers. <laughs> Neither of which you could do with the Rona, really. No, not really, no. No, okay. So so you've you painted some MTBs, but what's, which is your desperation pile when you were locked in? What else yeah. has been, um, you, I think you mentioned some museum miniature stuff, but didn't get around to telling us what they were, or maybe yeah, I really well, interrupted the, you. There were, were Indian warriors, uh, just mm. to because you always feel you need a few more to, to make mixed units and things yeah you know, yeah 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 for your indian army and you know museum selling them off a bit cheaper in january so i think well, i'll buy a pack or two of them mm. um i've got those hoplites and i've just uh glued them onto the lollipop stick so there's four units of hoplites which will be um ready for for, for undercoating shortly uh you, you've I also... got quite a lot of hoplites already are you I'm sort of leaking towards having a hoplite army. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got kind of bits of hoplites here and there, but I've now, I look, I'm going to end up now with about six units of um, museum hoplites mm. with a nice flat shields and um, got nice shield patterns for them. And so, you know, they'll make a sort of composite whole. And also, if you ever want to do, a, you know, a, a, an army for, for a laugh, like, you know, one of these things with loads of Asiatic 
hoplite so you can get the six points each in their rubbish and uh, you can just pack a load of them to block the table but i've got enough mm. other things to do that kind of stuff okay or, you know um you know syracuse with, with greek allies or something silly like that so um again that was part of a uh, museum january sale well i better buy something and then yeah. um in addition i painted yeah i bought a few stuff a few things from donnington um i felt i hadn't enough medieval swordsmen so i paint that i ordered some fig figures called no they weren't from donnington sorry they were from i can't remember where they're from now um they were called brigands anyway and okay. these are basically kind of quilted and they had sort of armored they were sort of half armor and sort of quil quilted gambesons and wielding sort of you know like choppy two-handed axe type things so i painted them and i actually used some of the uh uh, army painter paints on that to, to right start. okay and i think i've seen on um social media that tamsin you've been having a bit of a test with army painter stuff as well yeah yeah i was going to get okay well look we'll come back to it then so but yeah well, you know andy what was your um because this this is the one i can't even remember if we talked about it last time this is the one that allegedly um doesn't set if you paint over it or something but if you're, yeah. um, you know, if you're just like, a, I've done it once, sod it, that's how they look, painter. Um, it's obviously clearly fine, isn't it? But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, it, well what, what, what I was most disappointed about or slightly frustrated with them was actually the fact that I don't think the light colours um, seemed to go particularly well. Uh, and so therefore I, um, okay. uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, you know, they've got, they've got sort of that sort of a, like an ochre yellow type thing. Mm. But um, you definitely get the contrast of colours between the crevices and the raised bits, but the colours don't really pop in terms of brightness. And um, most of the colours aren't, the, the initial range aren't particularly bright to begin with. So right. uh, that was a so kind of primary and surface area. Yeah, well, I, I, I tend to undercoat in, in uh, grey primer. Uh, yeah, that, I, that will have dulled it down a lot. Yeah, um, that will take it down. I think you've got to do it on white almost, haven't you? You're very pale. Yeah, uh, really. maybe. All right, maybe I'll, I'll try that again and see how that works. There's a Spanish guy who does very, very pale washes, doesn't he? The Spanish yeah. painters all have painted figures by some guy in Spain, who, and they just all look like they've been undercoated white, and he just does a very light wash on them. They look great. Yeah, they look pretty slick, but look pretty easy to do, don't they? <laughs> really yeah, they look, sure they look really just easy to do, but look like they'd actually probably be very difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I guess so, actually. Okay. All right. So if I, if, if can I can manage it. To ask you about, can I just come back? Because we didn't really cover the the army painter uh, contrast paints. The, it doesn't work if you paint on top of them. Is that a thing? What's the... I didn't... Yeah, I, to be, I, I, well, okay. to be fair, I didn't find that because well, I did I did paint over them for some of the um, uh, dark flesh. And that seemed to work okay, actually. Hmm. Um with, with the individual paints. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So Tamsin, let's let's call you in here because we are getting technical. Yeah. So um, we're going off piste in terms of the order. But but what what's your I guess starting with that question, because this has been the you know the most interesting thing on Twitter apart from picture of Ukrainian tractors for about the last month. Um what or, or war games Twitter anyway. Um so what's What's your? Did you start off by trying to test that deliberately, or um? Uh, no. Well, no? I well. Uh, Would you just always paint? It was one of, anyway? my, one of my ideas was to was to do that. Yeah. Have you got around to doing that as yet, or? Um. Yes, I have. I uh, just realised I 
So let me close something. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, look, talk talk right. us through it. We can have a look at them on screen in a minute. But um, talk us through where, what, how you find applying these paints, or did you did you buy the whole set? Which ones did you buy? Right, I bought the starter set, which I guess a lot of people ten paints. I think that was all yeah. that was available at that point. Yeah. And what's what's your impression? And I sort of did a quick did a quick test, initial test, just to see, sort of. Yeah. Trying to think what what I did. did I, oh, I just did an initial bit when I got them, just putting out, see what the cap, what the colours were like. Just put hmm. my put painted swatches on swatches yeah. on the card. Okay. And then the last couple of day, days, I've done done a few tests, and if I can do a share screen, yeah. <laughs> now I've seen Andy's. Yeah. Okay. Right. So one set of tests I did was sort of mixing the colours. My God, that's, that's just what? just we're just ten <laughs> paints in the starter set. You managed to create over twelve thousand different colour combinations. This is like yeah, a test I, that's path, doing but... sort of. Uh, so you, yeah, got, you notice nothing right, is really bright one yellow. One to one, though. one to one mixes. Mm. Wow! So you get some interesting green greens and so on. What I found doing that was so, three that's of the colours in there were yeah. very weak compared to the others. I so the pallid bone, the crusader flesh, and the zealot yellow had a bit of impact on other colours, but not. not much. Not much. I particularly and three strongest colours in that set with the red, the blue, and the green. Yeah, that's the same with the contrast, the um the games workshop ones. Definitely yeah. the reds, blues, and greens are the strongest. And so, um, three to one, so you get an e even more. But sort of mixing, you get some quite interesting different shades of brown brown and green out from but isn't it. that just only useful if you're going to do like a second world war? Um, Russian thing where you don't want them all. Yeah, to if, you get, if you're going to do, if you're going to do, or for, uh, thinking, I mean, one one use for them might be, hmm. them might be for people that hate painting horses. True. Yep. Of which there lots are many of different browns in that. You can get lots yeah. of different browns doing that. And you did these um, by lit by mixing them or by overpainting them. Mixing. Mixing and then painting together. Yeah. So okay. I got the correct. I skipped the correct ratio. I think this this panel you're looking at now is the three to one mix. So three parts wow. of colours along the top, one part colour down the side. Mm. Mm. Wow. And is this something <laughs> that you do with most sets of paints then? Because this is not something I've it's ever... Not... <clears throat> the only reason I did that was just to see what I could get from the 10, the ten in the star set. set. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> it it looks like you should be working for Dulux or something. Yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Like, yeah. And this is how your kitchen will look. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully your hitches. And then sort of did of also did it onto onto some fig onto hmm. some figures. So the ones you're looking at here, yeah. one on the left where the cursor is, that was hmm. over I Vallejo's light grey primer, which is basically it's a very very pale grey. Okay, almost white. Yeah. And the other one was over a sort of black primer with a white xenophor highlighting. Okay. So there's not a massive difference, is there? Except on the the face, really. I would have said. Yeah. Yeah, it really sticks to the white. Right. Well, I think the, the it blue one down. It's dull down, and it dulls down the red and the blue. Mm. Certainly. And here yeah. you've got the white white primer, and again the black. Okay, that red's white, a lot. White zenithal. Yeah, that red's a lot um, brighter on just a white primer, though, isn't it? That's yeah. a big, big difference than the blue. The green. Yeah, because uh, what I found, I don't know whether it was just messy application, mm. the primer surface or what, but I found we're just putting too much of red on. But see, 
it ran quite a bit. So I've been doing some more tests. See if it's yeah. Well, certainly I, I find with um with proper well not proper with original GW contrast they do run yeah. just because it's 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 close to a wash, isn't it? In in a lot of ways, yeah, yeah, it's close to an ink, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now this is one. So I left them twenty four hours, and then I tried sort of white paint over the top. Oh, okay, um, wow, this is the magic. As you can question. see, yes, it did reactivate. I also tried a little bit, just just water, and some colours it seemed to be much more bleed through, and okay. it's the stronger pigment ones. So right. okay. red, the blue, the green, it really, really. So the colours which work best are but also the, brown, the ones that bleed the most, <clears throat> in a way. The strongest colours, yeah, yeah. But yeah, because that's back, that... you go back if you look. I flesh, mm. I flesh over white looks quite looks quite good. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it probably work better with larger figures and figures with darker tones on them, rather than mm. trying to get bright colours on fifteen millimeter figures. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know how useful these will be for fifteen. I for because you do need to be, with these because of the reactivation. You do absolutely need to be very, very neat painting. Yeah, or you need to be matte varnishing them a lot of times. Yeah. In between coats, which is just such a faff, isn't it? Yeah. Matte varnish with a spray, not I imagine. So much, you couldn't so even much, really. Not so much a of a faff for me, I, because I airbrush. Oh, you've got the airbrush thing, yeah. But you'd need to be spraying matte varnish on them. You wouldn't even be able to do it with a brush, would you? Mm, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah to be fair, problem. my crocodile well, came spray out. Spray or airbrush with either varnish on. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, and I think you've answered, but I just want to check. So, where it flows quite a lot, if I was going to do something like stripy trousers, would that just not be working because the colours couldn't, the colours would flow too much? I think they would. So, certainly with my GW contrast experience, I'd say, yeah, you're not doing stripy trousers. Really, yeah, you're doing blocks of colour, definitely. Yeah, yeah the, 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 with the GW ones, it's so much easier. I, I find it's actually quite bright as long as you have like the white undercoat. It's nice and bright for me for doing like silks and all that sort of thing. But definitely, yeah. it's blocky ones. I wouldn't be doing tartan or anything else. It's just nice blocks. Mm. But I just I like using it because it's just very easy to paint with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think uh, with them, striking... flow, <clears throat> flow quite nicely off the brush. But... Yeah, the, the texture is nice. Yeah. And they give they give a good finish, and it's uh, the finish that, that when they dry is matte. Okay, all right. I, <clears> I've heard I'm, I haven't I haven't tried contrast paints myself, but I'm told they, of, a lot of them come out quite satin. Yes, no, definitely, very yeah. definitely. Yeah, they definitely need a um, a matte varnish coat if you're going to be toning them down a lot or, or into normal, definitely into yeah. normal colours. So they are slightly different then. Sorry, can I yeah. a final question before you go on then. Mm. What would people recommend more, the Citadel ones or the Army Painter ones? I think it depends what you want to do. I, If you're likely to be, if you're a sloppy, pa sloppy painter and would need to touch up any overspills, I'd say for contrast paints. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I suppose so, yeah. If you could be quite neat and you're happy to do sort of, sort of one, coat, one coat and done, yeah, for speed paints, a lot cheaper okay. about a half the price maybe 50 yeah but I, I wonder if price is really a thing because you know if we're talking mm. how many because my experience yeah, talk, with um, in terms of the amount of paint that you put on in it into the office 
you're talking yeah. fractions of a penny it's pennies of pennies but i think yeah. with my um um gw contrast paint experience you know I, I bought some to see what they're like but i really think they're horses for courses and i think that mm. you know i'd like the bright colors because they look like silks and they go on quite easily yeah. but but for the darker colors um or you know as you say stripy trousers you want to be doing that kind of two layer effect and, and lights and darks and, and stuff to get mm. some contrast on them in a different way that you just can't do with those contrast paints yeah. um so i think they are they're part of the armory but they they are horses for courses it's not a magic solution that's going to replace absolutely everything else certainly not for for me but but i think equally i can see myself gravitating towards wanting to find places that i could use them so um you know probably the classic example would be when i repainted up a load of arab 15 mil infantry mm. there's, there's two ways you can paint them up you can either paint them up in you know almost festival silks and stuff like that there's some that some of the spearmen that appear in the last most latest battle reports you can say well, i either paint them up brightly or i'll paint them up in kind of beigey desert colors and you go well i've actually got these contrast paints so so it's bright because it's easy and it looks cool yeah. and and i can do it whereas there's a legitimate choice to paint them up in in dusty desert colors but it's just just harder <laughs> the contrast work yeah. so so i think you can make choices about what you choose to use them on um and, and try and do and yeah so you get more use out of them than, than maybe you would do at the expense of other more normal paints That I've been facing since I so obviously so the last time I've lost the last one with just I I'd finished I've done the Imperial Romans. Hmm. Oh yeah, you bang those out really quick. A couple of you? weeks, few couple of weeks left to go on the on the Anna Corbis painting challenge and yeah, which were mostly spent on completing some silly stories and painting figures to go along with those. So you've got ice cream, Is that the that Imperial Roman there. one? Pan? Is that the Imperial Roman one? Is that, um, do you get no, the difference? No, it's that not Imperial Roman ice cream, man. No? No. Okay. Uh, but I thought it was part of a silly story, man. Some figures yeah. painted. Yeah. Right they up. look more Sicilian than Roman. Yeah. yeah. There's quite a lot going on there with that thing. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. Some mercs, mercenaries in terms, you know, whatever uh, they are. Well, kind of, it's uh, it was silly stories, but oh, it's silly I stories. Had actually running, game I'd had a running theme no? going in during our hobby's painting challenge. Like two years ago, when I lost it, but some some of my posts had hmm. the extracts of Tamsin P, right. time okay. traveler, adventurous, and society girl. The silly <laughs> diary entries. Okay, sort of time traveling bits as a way yep. of linking posts. Hmm. This time, I remember last time I said I painted three variants of oscar the dog right yes okay oscar right. has found my time travel device so he was time traveling and of course had to be rescued so this started off rescue mission and it's lots of silly stories about that but... right so you've been painting mad characters from a made-up set of stories about a time traveling yeah. dog 
Okay. Well, that sounds like there's a potentially a new gaming system in there. And um, if you put it on Kickstarter, you could probably be a millionaire within within seconds, really, couldn't you? Because people will just pile into that sort of shit any old time of day, really, by the yeah. looks of it, from what I've seen. <laughs> that sort of nonsense. Yeah, so, so we have res- a rescue, rescue mission, myself and Kurt. Right. And Byron, okay. Byron who, put, who, who inserted a, who installed the time travel device into the ice cream van. Ah, okay. Is this going to become an entirely different blog with a parallel life of its own in some way, shape or form? No, the stories no. end there. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to make anything too um too yeah. complicated then. Yeah. And had some merchant kisses from I from Bad Squido Games. Okay. And the other three dogs from the pack I've got from the assault group. Yeah. It's painted up. Yeah. So cats okay. and dogs. Yeah. So that's cats with dogs, though, isn't it? By the looks of it. Yes. Yes, of course. That's the way it, the ownership thing goes on. And yep. I some Papua importers from I Eureka. I which scale are up. they? Huh? Um, are they twenty eights or fifteens? Twenty eights. Twenty. They're supporting okay. the US powers, are they? All the Australians. Yeah. Yep, whoever needs a, a anything. All the Japanese, even. Yeah. Because they, I all of them impressed. use Papua natives. Yeah. And sort of rescue mission continuing. Two alternative poses of myself and Kurt. Right. You were back to this. So I thought and a hover back. van. Yes, of course. A hover ice cream van, possibly. Yeah, because we have to okay. go into the far future. Yeah. This is going to make no sense to anyone listening to this. It doesn't no, make much sense not. when we're actually looking at it, really, does it? It's all a bit bizarre. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> this is bizarre. Okay. Yeah, hover, hover, the hover van from Antonostas. The ice cream van is from Antonostas as well. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, if you need an ice cream van, they're they're always top of my list. Yeah. People to go to. Yeah, tomorrow. a c- silly base that I did. I did yeah. that post. Is that based in Liverpool? Because it doesn't have any wheels. Good to be able to it's get a tumbleweed in signed in. It doesn't it? have really any wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good to be able to get the tumbleweed sounded so soon, I think, uh, in this week's episode. So, yeah. okay. So there's some more yeah. Japanese in there as well. Some, yeah, I think so there were six figures left, though, I, which I hadn't painted mm. because they were in the early pattern helmet, so it didn't fit in with the others. So okay. I just just painted them up for yeah, an excuse time, for, for and myself to go to the jungle. Uh, of course, right. sort of Model T Ford truck from Empress. Are you ordering these things specifically, or did you just have them kind of kicking around and work? Some of them the were. Some of them were ordered specifically. Others right. weren't. Right. Okay. Um, and how long does it take to get a Model Ford T truck from Empress Miniatures? Do they have they got a quick turnaround? Few days. A couple of days. So if you need one, you know, Andy, this you could have ordered one while you were locked down. If you'd known, you could Ooh. have just gone for it, and it would have been a, a there in seconds. And actually, while you're speaking to me, I do recall, I did actually make a purchase during uh, my uh, flu thing. I bought a few crocodiles from a guy called Mickey Arrow for the Escape from Egypt game, and I painted them using the contrast cranes, and that worked well. Yeah, so they were good for crocodiles. Well, crocodiles were dying because they got quite a bit of texture. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Um, But basically, you did a green coat with them with just a kind of a yellow dry brush over it, and that worked quite well. Bish bosh. Super world of crocodiles. Uh, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So that's the truck, Japanese. Mm-hmm. And then Mega City One. That's oh, okay, and then you're just going to chuck in that you made Mega City One as well. Well, in 20, part of it anyway. Yeah. 
Okay. I think last time, I think last time we 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 did this, mm. there was just a pile of. I can't remember if it was bare or primed at that point. I think it might have been primed. Yeah, it was just bits of MDF. There was um a lot of burnt wood smell that we could even smell off off the other side of the Zoom call. Yeah. And got... so, some Judge Dread figures. So I wrote Mega City One robots and some more judges. Any mm-hmm. fatties? And a cut. I did for fatties ages ago. Yeah, Dave, get with the program. Even I remember. Yeah, the back in one of the early back in one of the early lockdown yeah. podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. they have motorbikes? Am I getting mixed up? Did they have belly wheels? Yes, they did. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So that's the the plaza bit stacked up. Right. Okay. So for for sort of contrast, um, you did this painting competition where you're all trying to paint more than anybody else. Mm. How did you fare in it? Did you win? Yeah. Who, oh, yeah actually, no. put, put it I, a different I way. Who the hell has painted more than you? On, I finished up in tenth place on just over eighteen hundred points. Tenth place. First place was just over six thousand points. <laughs> what did they paint the whole of the Napoleonic Wars or something? My God, it was Judge Pierce. He was he was a, he was an absolute painting machine. I okay, painted. I was decently painted, but not heavily. I not sort of think it was uh, probably sort of base color block block and hi, base color highlight maybe, but I base color wash. I'm not sure. Whereas okay, I tend so to go a, for a lot more. Yeah. A lot more involved, a lot, a lot more levels of highlights on my 28s, but he did yeah. it. Did he paint he was, like several armies worth? Uh, it was, it was all sorts of stuff he painted. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot mostly fantasy and sci fi. Is there a um, big prize for this? Is there, you know, there are prizes that, that you get, so I various wow. prizes I, for different, different categories, but yeah, so I'm just thinking it sounds like someone just kind of. You know, hit the entire contents of their spares box with um, contrast paint and, and a highlight, and bosh, bosh, there you go. Ah, oh, that's how you do it. Right. That's how you do it. That's the secret. This means war. I don't think we're going to have one of those competitions amongst ourselves, are we really? Because that would oh, be slightly you. for academic, a, academic get, point. Um, we'll get lapped. Right, we would be absolutely lapped many, many times. Yeah. Um, so, Peter, you've you've actually been doing some painting. You've uh, Stuff's happened. What's been going on? Well, uh, yes. Um, compared to the legion of um, what you just previously heard, uh, I'm nowhere close. But basically, because we've got this competition at Roll Call, I decided to actually um, try a different army for a laugh, um, a, a, basically a Chinese army, and uh, decided to test it out against uh, Simon and Andy, who d- gave me the fortunate ability to learn what not to do in numerous ways, um, which led me to the decision that I need more troops and different types of troops. So um, I've gone and painted up some, um, some uh, another sort of like dozen units, uh, some of which I'm just finishing off. So some like swordsmen, spearmen, cataphracts, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, uh, to sort of round up the edges of my army that I wanted to do. Um, I had some which were bare white when I was getting in Simon. So that's obviously why I got slaughtered on that one for turning yeah. up with uh, yeah, you can't troops turn that up weren't painted. painted. That should really hammer your dice, shouldn't it, for sure? Yeah, that, I, I think it actually uh, did a gravitational pull 
to yeah. make sure that uh, I wasn't actually able to roll anything above a three for a whole round of combat. Uh, um, so, you know, it, you know I, I, I'm looking there, forward to that. it. I quite enjoyed it, getting back into it, using the contrast paints, um, doing some of the basic stuff. It was just Essex stuff, um, which is great. I mean, Essex, you put the order in, it's there just a couple of days later. And, you know, I'm not going to stress about it. You know, um, it's got me thinking about the samurai that i've got waiting as well as thinking of doing like a korean army because i mean essex they're not you know it's not like the the mega detail but it's just easy just to get the paint on um you know as town's been saying you know i can do the bare colors um maybe a bit of contrast because uh, i use the um um the citadel Mm -hmm. uh ones the uh contrast paints and then use something like uh some of the soft tone from um army painter and that's over the top of it yeah. you know put a few colors in it it does go well for the sort of blocky stuff when you're doing units at 15 mil and mm-hmm. um considering you normally play in um escape and everything's dark anyway it's nice to have something a bit bright. <laughs> you don't actually have uh, to do it that do well it. that's not what you're saying yeah that's the secret yeah. good for my eyesight yeah. yeah um as um a sage person puts it um well you're looking at it from two feet away why are you stressing you're not using a microsoft when you're looking at it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But so yeah, is this, this going nice to be doing back into the, um, it. It's been a while. Are you going to be doing the kind of the the rush to the last minute basing thing that you know you'll be basing stuff to, on Friday evening, ready to take on Saturday morning and things like that? Or will you will you be slightly ahead of the game by then? I'm, I'm tr- aiming to be ahead of the game. Um, I think my best one was when I turned up to one of the international tournaments and I'd finished off the basing the day before, which led me to being pulled up by the. Uh, drugs people because they it set off all the alarms because there's still a super law and things on my hands. Um, which <laughs> you had no fingerprints either, that was kind of tricky, yeah. Um, yeah. but no, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to actually have everything done at least a day ahead for once. Um, so I've just got the last two units to finish off, which uh, I'm painting as we're talking now. So doing a nice sort of like green, um, uh, swordsman, you know, block it mm. out quite nicely and. Uh, then pick out. I just like picking out different things at the work. Um, yeah, I know you were saying earlier about the contrast versus the um, army painter one. Um, the, the Citadel contrast you can paint over it quite nicely. Which, um, considering my pa- painting style and capabilities, um, I do need to touch things up afterwards. So yeah, it's quite nice, just relaxing, chilled out mm. from uh, doing all the work stuff. So I quite enjoyed it. Okay. Oh, cool. So, so ready for the weekend. Has anybody else got stuff that they've been doing for this weekend? Or is it um, just just Peter and actually me? But um, no, that's, that's probably just me then. I so think Dave I, Allen's been doing a bit of basing, hasn't he? Dave Allen's always doing a bit of basing. That's, um, I think that's traditional. He's always doing it at 4 a.m. before the thing happens. Yeah, he, was moaning, he was moaning about Essex mounted figures or something, wasn't he? Oh, right. oh yes, yeah. Essex, Essex, but then Essex, I can right. understand that because yeah. I don't know why they did put so little metal on there horses that you, the buggers don't hardly ever stand up properly yeah i suppose that's probably um i guess it just saves money or tradition or something like that but but saying so, you no know, i've just literally today um so i was away last week and i kind of had this um a parcel arrived at well not a parcel it was like a padded envelope arrived today and i'd completely forgotten but i must have ordered some um 28 mil assyrian shields because i'm using assyrians in the the 28 mil competition at the weekend I'd ordered some shields so I could make some bespoke Assyrian casualty markers. Completely forgotten it before I went away for a week. And then um, then they arrived and I thought, oh my God, I've got to paint the damn things in the next um, 
paint them and base them up in the next couple of days. So I've been been doing a few, um, you know, just tower shields and things like that in in color coded so that they can be used for different types of casualty markers. But I've just had this massively eclectic month of doing all sorts of stuff. The um, the little ships are are starting to turn into a fleet. Um, yeah, oh yeah, which are are just. These are actually contrast paints as well. I did an experimental one, and I realised that the um, the thing with contrast paints, we're banging on about this a lot. They they work really well for the wood effect. So I've got six brigs and three of the things that are not brigs that you get in the start. Biggest set. are they? Look, God well, knows. Rather than they're yeah. not battleships. How, how many gun no. decks have they got? Just the one. One, just the one. And, yeah, they're probably frigates. They're probably frigates then. So, um, so I'm I'm doing them, and I'm trying to avoid um, starting rigging until the last possible minute. And I'm also trying to avoid buying a capital ship because I can just sort of feel that happening, and, and I want to actually play the game before I chuck twenty five quid on like one plastic ship that would just be a pain in the ass to do rigging on. Um, I think I rebased. I think that might have been last month actually. I rebased this fifteen mil biblical army did that i ordered a load of stuff from um donnington as well i saw damien up at the, the hammerhead show and um had a good chat to him he was telling me about how it seems likely that a lot of the 15 mil people well anybody who does metal casting and probably people who do plastic as well actually are going to have to put up their prices soon because um the cost of metal has just gone through the roof so whenever they all run out of um and resin i think so whenever they all run out of their current stock of metal and buy more stuff in they're just going to have to restart and um and i think there's some farmers in eastern europe finding a lot of scrap metal <laughs> yeah warlords are putting up their prices for metal and resin from the 4th of april yeah no I, I i can absolutely absolutely see it and um so i kind of ordered a few bits of them i found that looking at their new era ranges they've got these um clubmen um that are ideal for the palestinian oh i've got those clubmen. they're lovely yeah they're, yeah, really, they're nice. really nice i'm literally i'm doing them as we speak with some contrast paints and um so they're going to be the palestinian clubmen in the late roman army which um having just written up the battle reports from burton and seen how how distressingly you don't want to attack them with cavalry um that i think some of your polar men were dave in um in the army the zia zia army that you used um i'm sort of become a bit more convinced by them i was a bit skeptical with them but but i think they're actually so fearsome that they might put off cavalry from having a go at anything that's near them really um in in some way shape or form so i'm just kind of sort of pseudo inking them so that they, they've got a load of padded armor and they're really lovely little figures and I, it's kind of like anybody who's got an ADLG army is going to need to buy what 16 and six or something like that of these to get a medium foot and two heavy foot probably um to do them and then you end up buying a few extra bits as well so I picked up some um there's a, he's got a little set of crashing medieval horses that when people are injured for kind of pretty spectacular casualty markers that um that I picked up that I've been looking at for a while um and, and did some of that stuff so so yeah so there's there's some of these being inked i've started painting the 28 mil resin um printed caballero miniatures normans 
that I picked up at Hammerhead as well from Fenland Games. They they actually sell them. Those ones that you've seen the 3D designs of online, they actually sell them printed. You don't actually have to have a printer. You just buy them from someone who makes them for you. So I've just started. Where's it gone? Yeah, just started undercoating some of those with with. So how do they undercoat. compare against the cost of metals or plastics? Um, they're they're about the same. Well, they're obviously more than plastics, but they're they're about the same as metals. They're just really fine figures. Um, I gave them metal um spears to the ones that had them because i think the the resin spears were just going to break they might as well yeah, you know, they might as well start the resin spears are often very uh, very brittle and you just Incredibly. look at them they snap off because i had them um yeah you know the other rule systems yeah is, um, is damien expanding his range at all doing any new ones because his arabs were fantastic i really enjoyed them um i think he when i saw him he was he was saying that um actually at some point, um, I think it was to do when his, his work pension kicked in, um, he might actually retire some of the really, really old Donington originals just because the moulds are so, you know, knackered yeah. and there are so few orders coming in for them that it's not even worth redoing them. So, um, you know, but but he's really chuffed with the um, those arrows and, um, and being able to morph some of them into these Romans is kind of cool. So... Um, you know, I was speaking nice. to Ian. I was speaking to Ian Marsh the other day, and he was saying that he he'd bought a few. He'd bought a range off Marshall from Vaxilia. Um, yeah. The moulds, apparently, the um, the metal bolts that hold the two halves in place, they can rust, and that becomes wow. then a problem. So moulds can become difficult to use after a, a long period of time, which I imagine yeah. is going to have a an effect, as you say, on the availability of long-standing design figures. Yeah, well, I did see as well something today saying that, um, is it Timecast are going to, you know, they're looking to sell the business or or give up um, wow. doing stuff with their resin buildings because the guy's just wants to retire um, and, and stop. And I think QRF or what, whatever they're called. Foreground the was sending their stuff off. Oh, Foreground have closed, haven't they? Foreground yeah. just stopping. But, um, QRF, the guy who runs it, he just announced recently he's retiring. Yeah. And he's... Um, He's, I think he's either selling or transferring the whole range to somebody else. Because he said it will be out, of, um, the store will shut down for a month while we transfer, yep. and then it'll reopen. But don't panic at the moment. This means war. This means war. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I still think this is a thing that's going to. We're going to see more and more of in um, in the industry as kind of you know old guys running um, figure manufacturers enough, yeah. just just give up really and um, retire and stop doing it and and with three D printing creeping in you know I now that I've got these things undercoated you can't really tell the difference at all other than they're slightly actually probably more accurate or more mm. detailed than than a lot of ones the, the detail on them is phenomenal um, and they don't come with bases or they've not been printed with bases so i'm gonna to have to drill bloody holes in their feet and um and staple them to the floor which is just a little bit um a little bit irritating but i'm but i think yeah but there's a lot of ranges there's 40 plus 15 mil ancients companies who do stuff in metals so you've got a lot of choice that but how long will it take till the 3d thing gets up to the 20 and 30 different ranges i don't know yeah they're, they're getting there so um because I'm quite keen, uh, you know, uh, I quite like some 10 mil fantasy armies, and there's um, lots of the old Warhammer ones are no longer available. So, you yeah. know, lots of people have um, 
morphed the models enough so that, so that they don't, don't get sued, but yes. they're still re- recognisable. You look and go, that's an elf, that's, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and a couple of the companies who, who do it, the guy who makes all the, um, the 3D models and the STL files, uh, there's a few of them who have now branched out into making 50 mil Roman armies, 50 mil, I've seen 50 those, mil yeah. Gaul armies. Yep. Yeah, and they look very, very, very nice. I've seen, yeah. fi- I've seen 15, 15 and 28 mil sort of World War II. Yep, that yeah. would be a... Well. I mean, World, World War II is a, um, is a perfect thing for uh, 3D yep. printing or because um, yeah. there's obviously no copyright. No, so there's so many tanks as well. Files and then yeah. file print. But, so, but yeah. I mean, Damien's um, uh, Donington Arabs, they were fantastic, but it's it's hard. You know, I know when we've spoken to him before. It's like it's hard building out a whole range because uh, speaking to them and some of the West Wind ones, it's like you've got to try and build up a range so people then buy into it and build it up and collect it as a group. Mm. So either they've got to heavily invest. And I can see that coming in on the 3D printing because if you can do then small batch printing, um, especially the granularity of some of the new printers is absolutely amazing. And so if you've got the config file set up, you can actually get it to set out to print out, say, um, you know, half a dozen figures uh, and have that printed out, um, you know, almost to order. If you've got, say, you know, um, three, four printers, you can Mm. actually print out different batches and have them to be sent. Um, And, you know, the, the, the tipping point is at what point is it something that you'd want to have set up at home and ready? I think we're a fair bit out. I mean, I'm fairly geeky, but it's just I've looked into it. It's just the amount of hassle factor of setting <laughs> yeah. it up and figuring yeah, and everything. Sort of resin printer, cleaning station and curing and for sort of UV curing bit and sort of working space around. We take up a typical I sort of a, a typical office desk yeah yeah easily. well the thing with the um with fenland who which is where i got these caballero ones from up, up at hammerhead they and, and these other companies who do it to order i found my kind of thought process going around you know you the thing with 3d printing is if you see it on twitter people always go oh it's so bloody cheap it's so bloody cheap you do loads of them and it's like and actually i've kind of gone no this is just a really nice figure and it happens to be 3D printed. Mm. And I can either spend several hundred pounds and do all the fact myself to print 12 of the buggers, or I can pay someone mm. to do it and post them to me. And I'm paying about the same price as a metal figure, mm. or possibly looking at these more. And I'd be happy paying, you know, if this was a metal figure, it would be a top quality metal figure, you know, real top of the range stuff. That um, So I'm but, actually but happy what it paying, means it's not making it any cheaper. For me. Yeah, but, but what it means with the base manipulation, because you can basically get a base model human and then add the bits onto it and morph it into different things. Yeah, but um, that's got to computer files. There's got to be some art to that, though. Well, hasn't no, it? no, but, no. That's the point. There is a lot of art to it, but you, yeah. you can start off with a base model and you have auto scaling, so you can scale it up to 28 mil, down to yeah. 10 mil. Um, you can also how it's set up and configured. Uh, of course, as an artist, but it, what it means is because they're uh, basically computer files, you, and you're printing them to order, as opposed to building out the whole mold process and then testing yeah. it and everything else. You can actually do, do and have a wider variety of types of figures and movement yeah. to 
put across that sort of like that movement and so it's not as static yeah. as we've seen in some of the older ranges no, but, that, that, but i think it's how that it's just thinking through how that will be done and it won't necessarily be you know us seven faffing around on computers no. moving an arm on everything it will no. be somebody producing the master 3d cad whatever yeah, you, it's called you buy it on and then, Kickstarter now you buy and then it'll be some other that there'll be whoever's clever at it will make 50 different variants and then people will yeah. download the different yeah. variants. So it'll put a different person in the supply chain, won't yeah, it? There's a, there's a whole bunch of, um, in the especially in the, the sci-fi and the TML fantasy ranges, there's a whole bunch of people who are really good at making the STL files, the raw source files. Yeah. And then there's a whole modding modding community around there where someone will release the file. And it might be like, you know, um, Tim, remember your, your classic FX um, soldier guy doing that. Yeah. You know, you know, that you have that one mold and then someone will get that file and they'll tweak it and play around with it so you get the core shape will do different things and they'll often release it free back into the community and all that um so you do get those whole modders running around um but you were saying before about one of the challenges or one of the things and this is where a good designer is better compared to obviously a hack like say me is a good designer will be able to design the, the file so that if they originally designed for 15 mil, if it sizes up to 28 or sizes down 10 or 6 mil, it sizes correctly. Because I know with some of the lead molds, um, when they did it from the original masters, uh, you know, the original like 30 or 40 mil masters, sometimes when they resize it to 15 or 25 mil, it looks a little bit fattened sometimes. So, like, you know, yeah. I've seen some models where the chest is quite thick, but it's got spindly arms or big thick arms and all that because the the way it's shrunk down hasn't come cleanly so you'll get the better better people who know how to no and, and i think, and I think comes down or and then you'll end up with different files for different scales because one of the yeah. things with these caballero ones um i think a couple of the guys have got swords and they're just broken you know, full stop they're broken um and the sword is perfectly scaled for a 28 mil person but as a thing for a figure it's nonsense and if you scaled it down to 15 it it just would it would fail to exist yeah you, know, you you couldn't even look at it it would fall off so there will almost be a you know a, a mini 28 mil figure but somebody will make fat hands you know or something like that and um you know big daggers and stuff to make them make some of the but then you end up with a normally proportioned figure with a massive kind of clubby like dagger and then you need to make them into a a chubby little 15 mil so so maybe there is a thing about 15s and 28s do need just different designs they won't just magically scale up and i think mm. it might be that 10s to 15s can yeah scale, but 28s is suddenly you can do something pretty amazing with a, a 28 mil that that if you start scaling some of the pieces down they're just not going to work at 15 for, for materials yeah. technology purposes yeah. i would have thought but but i don't know so that's a digression. What, what was, before I finish up, I've also finally started painting up some um, 10 mil Napoleonic cavalry, um, the French cavalry that I've had kicking around for a while, these little Pendragon figures. But quick quiz question for you. What uniform colours should the lancers be? So Green. I've got some geezers with lancers. Green with grey trousers. Green That's with grey trousers. Guard. Well, they're not going to be imperial because I don't know. And, so, and then blokes with... Um, Long swords and and then square hats with like things on. Should they be green? Let me see. Show them. Those are probably chasseurs cheval, which probably yes, should yes. be green. If well, they've got they the kind of, well. they've got the straight 
They've got sort of ordinary Good. coats rather than the fancy ones with the frogging on it, have they? Yeah, they've got, they, I think they're chasseurs of cheval. And then I've yeah. got some other ones that I've done with, with blue. Yeah. Um, if they've got the fancy yeah. bomber jackets, they're, they're, they're hussars and they can be a variety of colours. Hussars can be all sorts, but most of, so the lancers should be green and should the chasseurs yeah, of cheval. Yeah, green with grey trousers. They've got sort of helmety type things rather than shackles, yes, haven't they? Yes, they've definitely yeah. got helmety things and some of them have got yeah. right. And so I think the pennons sorted. are sort of red and white if you wanted to get fancy. Okay, all right, red and white. Wow, that's, that's taught me more than I need to do. So. So I think that's been been most of it, a load of shields. So who else we do? Mr. King of Sting, Adam, um, have you been doing any painting or has it still been World of Child, Fairy, Cricket and a quick trip to Burton? Well, I've got to say, over the past few months, I have done absolutely no painting whatsoever. Hey. Painting, apart from Burton, I've been doing um, no tall soldier playing either. Uh, at the moment, I've, uh, I'm actually struggling to describe myself as a wargamer due to the um, lack of general um, wargameriness. Yeah, but you look like one, though. You know, you still look like one. Yeah, I'm 50. All 50-year-old blokes look like wargamers. That's what I'm saying. No, absolutely. Yeah. You're there. You're, you're, you're fitting. Oh, so just... Should I actually come on a wargaming's podcast? But then I thought, yeah, it's this podcast. So to yeah. have someone that doesn't play war games at all probably kind of makes sense. Well, honestly, I've listened to enough other War Games podcasts with people talking about, you know, very, very complicated projects and stuff. And you're thinking, these people never get around to actually bloody playing the game either, do they, really, honestly? That's like, you know, possibly they don't even paint. They just buy it from other people. Um, so I don't think that's um, that's it. As long as you can, you know, occasionally go on social media and, and witter about it, you're you're much more active in the community than most people, I would have thought. Um, oh, yeah. it's a nice one then. I'm that's definitely the War Gamer. Good. And then um, at some point we were talking about, well, we may well do a, um, let's talk about what we did wrong at Burton, possibly, um, uh, thing to to look at those match reports that have just well, Has Dave out. done any painting? I don't think you've asked him yet. No, I've, 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 Andy, I am in the chair, you know, this is, I am the whatever that woman is called, um, who is in control. But you've got no authority. You don't have the authority. I do have the authority, Andy, yes, I'm afraid I do. But, um, so... So I won't ask Saunders. I'm going to do it my way because it's worse. And Simon, I've not asked you either. How's your painting been going? Yeah, um, not as busy as Tamsin. Um, we all pale in, into, in, into insignificance when we see um, her level of painting. Um, but I did manage to finish my New Kingdom Egyptian army with Whoa. all the options, I think, this week. Good. Um, so... So like um, Andy, I, I got attacked by the museum miniature sale. Yeah. And then um, so I got a whole bunch of the um, the various chariots because with the new options in the army lists, I needed mm. some way to identify elite versus armoured versus included general. So you had to buy a whole bunch of options. You had to buy loads more. Yeah, definitely. Which was tr- yeah. But yeah, so I got a couple of pharaohs with the big hats and all that going, go that way, gentlemen. Oh, uh, they're all good fun. And then, then I, I got... Um, filled out a whole bunch of proper bowmen, proper swordsmen and all that, because mm. especially now the swordsmen are six points in ADLG, yep, but cheap, yeah. cheap as chips. So you need more of them. So, um, yep. And then I had fun using the contrast paints. So I tried after your recommendation, I tried some of the Citadel contrast paints, mm. just the, the reds, blues and greens, because I tend to go for simplistic colours. And I've done, the, I've done all the, um, the tunics in different colours, so you're going to identify elite, mediocre and average by the different colours. Um, and then did all the um, the ribbons and the um, the, the Egyptian helmet head type of things with the reds and all that. So it looks 
I think it'll look really good as the Assyrians trample over. Simon, the stripy hats. Did you do the stripes going like forward and back or going round and round? Yes. To all of them. Because <laughs> I, um, I started doing sort of around, sort of circular, going down the head. Mm. And then I looked at some other models and went, oh, I should have done it, you know, back to front type of things. I've done it in a couple of different ways. At 15 mil with my standard of painting, it looks bright enough. And if you don't like it, yeah, no, it's roundy roundies, just a pain in the ass to do. So doing the forward and back stripe is just easier. Oh, yeah. that reminds yeah, me, once, I did get to I use gold out. on some of the figures as well. You used some gold. Oh, oh good. Good, 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 good. Got to be okay. consistent. Sorry, you just reminded me, Simon. Okay. So did you get, um, do you manage to base them with sand, I guess? Is that, was there a big sand dunking yes. moment? Proper Egypt? Yeah, because I, I use a consistent sanding base across all my miniatures these days. So just easier because I've, I've learned how to, it's the uh, Dave Saunders uh, patent pending basing scheme. Mm. Um, and I've not really figured out how to do anything better than that. So pretty much all my basing looks, looks identical, which makes life a lot easier. Um, oh, that's very sensible. Yeah. Very, very sensible of you indeed. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So well, look, well, you've invoked really good. good. You've invoked the word Saunders then. So we will. Um, thank you, Andy, for reminding me that he's still there, right in the middle of the screen. Um, Dave, what have you been up to, mate? What have you been doing? Have you been Not working? Have you been working I've for other people? Been, I've been working. I've I've done a bit more painting for other people, mm. but it, I have to admit that stalled a bit because I've just been working quite hard. But I did. I've painted up. Um, I've converted my fog Macedonian camp into an ADLG Macedonian camp by shrinking it by 30%. <laughs> what's a, what's the, um, uh, what is in a Macedonian camp, is it? It's Zeist on command with a load of guys sat, stood around a table, um, right, scratching okay. their chins and rubbing their heads and looking very confused. Right. Oh, okay. Then. So it's um, it is a, a jolly old thing. So, so yeah. basically, you've in the last month you've just done something camp. No, no, and I've also I've, I painted up the um, fortified camp that um, we all got given at Alicante. I'm and, still annoyed about losing that. I don't know where. I'm really just... pleased with that one. Oh, they were no, settled really good. Five yeah. euros. It's uh, Amplona. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe hey, um... Tim, we could we could um we could talk because I have one. So we could do a deal somewhere. Oh right! Oh okay then. Well, that might be might be a side deal. We'll open a different um, we'll open a single Zoom channel then to try and do that off offline some way. Mine looks exactly. really good. Look, there it is. Yep. No, no, I, I'm I'm convinced. I'm, yeah. I'm utterly convinced. Right telling me that he had two and he had a spare one, so I don't know where we got a second one from. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that could be it. It could have been um, on some, somewhere in um, in a tapas bar. Like it may have been Yes. Oh, they're confused. Yes, they do look confused. They're um, obviously buying insurance from from a man a with a car. Like the BHGS confused general. Yes, something like that. Okay, so um, so that's been been a, a relatively um, lightweight month on the painting front for you then, and but just a more of a a week of or, or a month of actually doing work and things like that. If I see any more armoured seventeenth century cavalry, I'm going to fall over and faint. <laughs> Fall over and faint and scream. Okay, good. Well, I think that may mean that we've um we've gone round and done all the world of painting. Hello and welcome to World of War Sports here on MadAxman.com. 
This is ADLG punditry at its very finest. Well, look, we're into world of war, 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 war sports. Um, what? It's great to hear that musical theme tune. And this is the most confusing part of the entire podcast. If you've not listened to it before, or if you have listened to it before, you probably won't understand it and probably neither do we. But what we're trying to do here is to work out through a process of um, almost random Brownian motion, which army is going to come out on top in the upcoming this weekend 15ml ADLG competition that's going to be held at roll call. And, and it's a very obtuse theme of the, the armies of the Eastern Seas. It's basically Byzantines and other stuff from around that area isn't it really in in a, in a much more clever and more articulate way than that so what we've done to um to allow us to to do this in less than four hours is we've we've broken down the different army lists which have all been entered we've broken them down into four pools so this is almost going the opposite way to the way that the um the euros and um the champions league are going to go we're reducing the number of teams down and trying to make it simple and there's four pools and we're going to talk and look at a winner in each one and those winners will go through to a semi-final then there'll be a final and we'll see which army is going to come out on top of this one so without further ado in group one we've got four teams it's a big pool um round robin here we've got the abba abbasid arab abbasid arab the marikian byzantines some classic opponents the northern and the southern dynasties that's just one army list and old school classical indians so you know we're looking at some we got some people you know they got desert power out there we got some people with all sorts of complicated stuff we've got the writing peasants we've got we've got the chinese from the north or the south depends whether they're good at cold weather or good at warm weather really could be either and then um we've got a pretty spicy setup there the classical indians so simon if you're looking at those four what's your what's your sporting prediction you know, and I, I know this is a, a week in which Shane Warne has, has sadly passed away, and that must be, you know, quite meaningful for you in some sort of way. But what, what do you think? Is there, is there a spinner in there? I think the, yeah, the, the Chinese Northern Southern Dynasties can be quite a good army because um, um, I've taken that to Spain and that's a, um, did quite well. Managed, I think you managed to get fourth in the competition because um, you can get so many different options between war wagons, There'll be lots of pole arms and things like that. So it'll give the Indians and the Byzantines a bit of a run for the money. Um, so I'm biased. I'm going to go for the Chinese army since that's what since that's what I've been playing a lot of these days. Okay, so you're, you're just going bang straight in there with Chinese bish bosh. That's done. Fantastic. Tell you what, let's go to um, Alan Hansen next. Alan, what, what do you think about that? I think they've, they've got problems. I wouldn't say they've got major problems. Obviously, three players have departed. The trick is always buy when you're strong. So he needs to buy players. You can't win anything with kids. Well, controversial maybe, but um, maybe we'll see how that, that works out a bit later on during the competition. So let's go down it. Peter, what are you looking at those ones? Are you thinking any um, any kind of rugby-based metaphors? Are any of those look like they're going to scrum down? and? I think the uh, Abbasid Arabs are going to scrum over the line. Um, the They've got some interesting mixtures that they can do a bit later on with a bit nice uh, shooty cav to go bouncing around with some nice elites. And then they can do the good old half and halves. I think the north There's and south. There's nothing like a bit of half and half, is there really? To be honest. Yeah, got to have a bit of half and half. Um, yeah. I don't reckon the Byzantines are going to do well. Uh, the Indians, they might do the old, good old crash bang with the elephants, but I, I don't think this group is going to suit them. Uh, there's too many sort of uh, abilities to mitigate the sort of like the um, 
the medium swordsmen that are around the Indians. And if they just try and go for the shooting model, um, you could have some armies that can outshoot them. So, you know, I, I, I quite fancy the uh, Arabs. Uh, so, Peter, just before, we, be just before we, um, we move on then, is this you not saying elephants for the win straight down the middle fight at Bishbosh? Yeah. Are we absolutely sure on that? The, wow. the, the, yeah, it's a new change. It's the new me. Something's gone weirdly wrong on that one. Okay. Then. Tamsin, what about you? If you're looking at those four lists, what are you what are you seeing? What's what's jumping out for you on that one? Um that that one, uh, I'd say I think the Moricans they got they got good answers to most things that the others are that the other armies have. I think they could well pull it, squeak it through. God, so we've got one one of each of the first three. So Dave, are you gonna um where, where are you going on this one? You know, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, which is which is the Liverpool here? Who's the Sadio Mane? Right, okay, so normally I would go with the Abbasid in this sort of period, mm. but I actually think that the Marukin Byzantine is the best choice in that army because it's got more shooting. The, the Abbasid's not got enough foot shooting and its shooting is mixed medium spear and sword and i think they are susceptible to the impact of cavalry and i think the byzantines will have more maneuverability to take out the abbasids gulums and impact so i would go i would go definitely go marikian okay big on the marikians then um should we call in michael richard to see what he thinks his expert opinion is Disgusting his face. <laughs> right. Uh, predictions, mate. Right? <laughs> oh, so it's it's Marikians are creeping into the lead then. So Mr. Adam, King of Sting, what, what are you um what are you seeing here in, in, in this in this little group of death? Well, I'm going with um the Abbasids and the Arabs after our sort of like uh, Burton Adventures, I'm going to just sod off the Arabs because they're just really annoying me at the moment based on <laughs> the personal life. So I'm going to bin them. I'm um, the Rick in Byzantines. I don't think it's the best Byzantine list. It's not my favourite Byzantine list, so I'm not going to go with them. Um, Northern Southern Dynasties um, sound like they've got a bit of a multiple personality disorder there. And an army with uh, mental health issues um, sounds like it might not do too well. So um, and finally, the Indians... Um, I know Cody's not capturing them anymore, but um, they've still got Bummer and Shami sort of like leading the attack. Um, and the IPL. Once they get in, they're in, aren't they? Really, they're in for a long haul. And and so I'm going to go with elephant straight down the middle, Bish Bosch. Bish Bosch, it's like, are you are you practicing this in the hope of them um, growing more hair again? Is this are you, are you following the Peter the Peter principle and see how that works? So, okay, so we've got two for, is it two for the Marikians, one for the Abbasids, one for the Chinese, one for the Indians. Andy, what about you? Where, where are you going with this? I'm going classical Indian. I think that of, of all the um, armies, they're the ones best capable of putting down terrain and knackering other people. And as long as they don't let other armies around their flank, they, uh, I think, would beat most things in a head-on clash with um, the elephants scaring off or deterring a lot of the mounted stuff in the other armies and you know a sort of mixed foot stuff would be good enough to shoot things off and if they're next to elephants it's going to make them a little bit hard to beat there's no knights in this theme so the worst thing they're going to face is impact cavalry and they get a plus one 
against uh, Mounted in the first round. Have you been reading the rules while you've been off with COVID? This sounds like really Yeah, yeah, that's a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get a plus one anyway, whether they're either Bowman on their own or or mixed. Fine. And, um, you know, if they're next to an elephant, that's going to uh, nerf the Mounted a bit. So I think, you know, because of the IPL, the Indian Pachyderm League, I think the classical Indians are the ones to go for. Oh, my Lord. So it's it's a three-way tie then um, with um, what might normally have been my favourite army, the Abbasids, um, not even in it. Um, never mind. Um, so where do we go with this then? Um, well, no, it's a two-way tie. Sorry, isn't it? It's Marikians and, um, and Classicals, both with two. So yeah. of those two, which one would I look? You know, if they're in a match-up, I think... Well, you know, then the other one to make it a three-way tie. Yeah, but then um, then we could be here all night. So, um, you know, from practicality purposes, I think, you know, we don't want to be going into extra time. This has to be decided on the evening and we don't have a mechanism for penalties. So I think, um, you know, I'm going to say, yep, yeah, narrow the pitch. Let's put the Indians through because um, because it's a while since I've had a curry. And and so seeing the Indians go forward would be would be a tremendous, tremendous result. Um, so that's good. So even if it's sprout based. Even if it's sprout based, for sure. And into group two, then we've got the Hephthalite Huns, um, we've got the Justinian Byzantine, we got the Kushan, um, again, an army with, with two types, and the classic Arab conquest um, wall of nonsense. So let's go the other way from this one then. Um, Adam, what about you? Where are you? Where are you looking on this one then? Well, I did sort of like give this a lot of thought and sort of like I was going to give it a breakdown of how I think different armies would do. But hearing your summary in Wall of Nonsense, that sounds brilliant. So I'm going to, what was the Wall of Nonsense army? Arab Conquest. Conquest. It's a Wall of Nonsense. Arab Conquest. There you go. I'm casting my vote for that. Brilliant. Andy, um, we've talked about a Wall of Nonsense. Um, Over to you. You appear to be in the kitchen of nonsense, but what's going on? Uh... I think for largely for similar reasons that, that I went for the uh, classical Indian, I'd go for the Kushan because I think the um, a combination of elephants uh, and cataphracts would be quite tough to be. Okay, Saunders, what what about you then? Are you um you going to carry on just picking Byzantines all the time? No, I think Marikian Byzantine is better than Justinian Byzantine by a long way because the half and half really work well. I've decided because I've been doing some practice. In this Ooh. group, that group, I would go with the Heffalump Huns. The Heffalump Huns, okay. Yeah, because they get cheap elite cavalry and they've got a bloody good... Um, they get So I think the elephant... Yeah, I, I think the Heffalump Huns in that group are the best. Okay, Dave, interesting call. Let's um, let's see what Roy Keane thinks about that one, though, as a, as a possible choice. Over-the-top stuff. My goodness, what's the game coming to? Come on, it's all right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Supposed to be talking about the players and the quality, and we've got to talk about this idiot. It's, an, it's a crazy decision. Crazy. I'm just about to calm down, but hopefully by the end of the game. Okay, Tamsin, um, coming to you then with this one. Which um, which ones are you seeing? Which ones are you seeing emerge from the pack then? In in what's a very mixed field so far? Yeah. Um, hmm. For me, it's it. This group, it's toss up between Heffalump Hans and the what and the army with the actual Heffalumps. Um, the Kushans. Yeah, um, I think I'll go with. I think, oh, 
What, what do you want to I'm a cavalry girl at heart. It's got to be okay. the Huns. It's got to be the Huns. So the Huns jump into the lead 2 0, 1 1 in a very weird scoring system that we have. So, so Peter, you know, you're, you're weaned <clears> off elephants, but there's elephant armies in first and second place. Surprises with your, um, with your analysis. Power of Conquest. One. I worked out a list that I know what, no, I nearly took to roll call. Um, but it just seemed a bit too linear, but I could get up to like, I think it was 27 units of heavy and medium impetuous elite Arabs charging in. And it just looks, it's the new elephant. It's the new elephant. <laughs> it's the new elephant. Heavy impetuous sword, infantry impetuous are the new elephants. Okay. Elephant. No, no, no. Well, as, at uh, Burton, Simon and I came up against a Arab conquest army with the elite medium impetuous cavalry and we we we, we handed their head to them not cavalry foot yeah he's heavy, talking foot mate it's the new elephants foot. is foot infantry of the new elephants yeah and then um, heavy, oh, impetuous foot, and cavalry of the forward. new infantry you you've got to get with the, the program yeah cavalry you know it, they just it, it's cavalry against foot cavalry uh the heavy foot win it you get the right terrain down you've just got a line of them coming forward oh. you can do all your dancing around with a bit of cavalry all you like you can't argue with some heavy they're just, bun, they're just in your face so, Alan Hansen, Peter there is saying it's all about the width and um, and pushing on with the flanks and doing stuff with heavy infantry. What's your view on that one? The trick of winning the championship is having strength and depth. They just haven't got it. Okay, that's that's pretty clear. I think we've got your view there, Alan. So we're two Arab conquests, two Heptolite Huns, and then some also rounds. Simon, where, where are you on this one? I'm with Peter. I'm going Arab conquest. The the new changes to heavy foot with them with them we had to move at three UD up until they get within before you do the enemy, heavy foot armies can hoof along quite substantially. And especially in a period with the, these other three armies, where there's nothing that can quick kill them or anything particularly terrifying, you're going to have a whole bunch of heavy swordsmen impetuous right up in your face as a, a um, Byzantine army. That's going to really say, hello, I'm here to push you off the table. And, I think um, that means that means that's saying hello to a semi-final of India against Arab conquest. So we're going to the second yeah. groups. Well, then. unless 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 you vote for the Hathalite Huns. Uh, yeah, but Andy, yeah. why am I going to do that? How I don't want to prolong this agony any more than I have to. Really, yeah, fair enough. To be honest. Right, um, okay. So <laughs> group three, then we've got some classics here. We've got the Patrician Roman, um, a, a classic smokers army. We've got the Sasanian Persians. Um, were they their opponents, or was that something different? Or did they carry on for ages? And then the Sui and Tang Chinese, which I don't think is where me and Adam went to in Burton, but um, it could have been. So of this group of three, um, going around the other way, as usual, Simon, starting with you, going from top to bottom. Patrician Romans, they're Romans, um, you know, could be good fun. Persians, lots of cataphracts, probably um, quite linear, a bit boring. For me, the Sui, Sui and Tang Chinese, again, one of those crazy Chinese armies where you get a bit of everything. Um, I think, though, in this period here, I'll be going with the Patrician Romans because they'll probably have lots of support at heavy foot and they'll be able to stop the cataphracts and anything particularly terrifying and they'll just grind you, grind you to the ground. So you're going for the Italians, even though they've just been um, knocked out by the North Macedonians yes. in, in the actual World Cup or whatever it is. In fact, yeah. that is the World Cup, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then. So you're going Italy, even though they're out. Peter, what about you? Uh, Italians won a rugby all, game. It has and you're to be Su and Tang Chinese. Su and Tang. Is that, is that just more tasty for you? It's just, it's got that sort of right sort of flavouring. That sort of nice little blend that it's just going to 
Um, it'd be a delight on the table. Once and a bit you've tangy. had one, you want another one. Yep. Something like that. Okay. So, Tamsin, what, what about you? Which one are you looking at? Which one would be best Ooh. in Mega City 1? In Mega City 1? Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't really know there. I... <laughs> It's quite possible with all the time 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 bits that have happened there that they've all appeared at some point. Yep. I think I'm going to go with the Isu and Tang. Okay, so you're putting them into a two two one nil lead. Dave, what about you? You know, we've got some classics here that have been been great armies in their time. Patrician Roman, I lost to it on Monday. So, Roy, do you um, do you think that's a good basis for making a decision? I've never heard so much rubbish in my life. Why do we have to listen to that garbage? It's just utter nonsense what he's talking about. And he keeps moaning about fixtures and fatigue. We were just looking at some of the cup draws they've had. They've had a, an easy ride in the cup. Some good draws, a lot of home draws. And um, the guy's talking absolute nonsense. Never heard so much rubbish in my life. Mm. Is it... Right. Okay. So it's two and two. So Mr. Finkel, which one are you looking at? The, the popular once popular Sassanids are not even getting a look in. Um, I would go with Patrician Roman, partly because uh, when I played Peter a few weeks ago, I used Patrician Roman and actually managed to win with it. My God, it must be the miracle army. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. Yes. Adam, uh, you know, clearly you, you you may have heard all you need to know here, given as someone who's not actually playing very much at the moment. Patricia Roman appears to be able to win on its own. Um, which but which one are you going for? Well, I I can't actually vote for Patricia Roman because that that just sounds like I'm saying something sort of like nice and positive about Rygate, which even though this is going back decades, would still leave me feeling a little bit dirty. So I can't say uh, Patricia Roman. The Sui and Tang Chinese. Um, I don't know. When I've looked at the Tang list, I thought, oh, they're very similar to um, the Knight Freddy and Byzantine. So for some reason, I hold that against the Tang rather than the Byzantines. Mm. So, um, and also the Sassanid, Sassanid Persians have got the most interesting trousers. So I am going to vote for the Persians. On the basis of trousers, that's very good. Okay. So I'm, I'm just trying to remember really. What, <laughs> are we three for two for the... The it's, it's three, the at the moment, it's three for the Patrician Romans, two for the Sui and Tang, one for the Persians. So unless you wanted to vote for the Sui and Tang, it's a Patrician win. No, I must admit, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Patricians. They can they can go fast down the rings. They can go big with the cavalry. They can go defensive with a solid sort of midfield of, of heavy barbarian foot. You can faff around with the legions. And I'm painting up some Palestinian clubmen at the moment. So I'm going to put the Patrician Romans through into the semifinals as well. And so at the moment, we've got the lineup classical Indians against Arab conquest and then Patrician Romans against the winners from group four. And the winners from group four is a very interesting mix. We've got <laughs> the Matic Byzantines or thematic possibly, or unless it's the Matic, which would be a, an, an ex Chelsea and Manchester United midfielder. The Matic. Um, we've got the three kingdoms, Koreans, and we've got the Vikings, um, an unusual one to appear. So, Mr. King of Sting, out of those three, one of which includes the word three, which is, which always strikes me as a bit of a cheat. It's a bit like when um, Abba had that song that sort of said number one repeatedly. Um, the Three Kingdoms Korean, the Matic Byzantines and the Vikings. Which one is oh. jumping out for you? 
Again, three kingdoms sounds a little bit schizophrenic, so they're going to struggle um, on the table. <laughs> um, Vikings, well, I don't know. Um, I do, I just like the Matics. I think um, they're one of my favourite 80s bands, the Matics were, and um, they're one of my favourite uh, Byzantine armies, so I'm going to go with them. Okay, let's go with the Matics. Right. Lee Rank Mayer, you picture jumped, changed in order. So um, slightly weirdly on my screen, but that does mean I come to you next. Um, I'm going Vikings. Bunch of hair, hair, um, guys with full hairy beards, two-headed axes, and they've got their own TV show. They've got to win. You're, you're basically saying, like all the nearly all of the rest of us, you're just jealous of anyone else with hair and you look up to them. Thank basically, you. yes. Yeah, that's basically it, isn't it? Right, okay. So uh, one for the Matics, one for the Vikings. Andy, where are you at with this one? Viking. Viking. Oh, yes, you painted up a million of them, haven't you? That must be... Yeah, um... I painted up a, a bunch of them. And also, as I say, they've got a couple of TV shows on at the moment. I've been watching yeah. The Last Kingdom on Netflix, and there's this thing called Vikings Valhalla, which is a follow-up to the original Viking series. Is there, are they all dead in that one? Um, if it's called Viking, are they actually all dead in it? If it's Viking, not yeah. yet. No, no. It's, not it's yet. Um, Leif Erikson is apparently in it, and you know the character Leif Erikson, and it's not not the tennis on... player. No, or the no. No, no. Is that not a real one? Okay. Or he's um, not right. even Sven Jorn Eriksson. Okay, that <laughs> could be it. Yeah, Ulrika Jonsson. He's, he's um, actually the manager of the Vikings, I think. He could be, um, Mr. Saunders. What about you? Where are you where are you jumping out of that one? Uh, certainly not the Three Kings and Grin. He's just brilliant. He's just top. What a guy to work with you are, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no confidence in your own army. Well, that's good to know. Okay. Uh, no, I'm that list. I would probably... I'd go Viking. I would go with a Ooh. Ukrainian. Oh, pro-Ukraine. Oh, he's next pulled generation. He's pulled out the must vote, hasn't he? Yes. That would be the lady, wouldn't it, rather than the Viking. That could be it. Ukrainians. Now, okay. the Ukrainian army's in there. So it needs some tractors to go pull stuff away. And it would exactly. be... Um, <laughs> and some endless. Yeah. It could tow away the artillery carts of the Koreans or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're nearly on for a win. Tamsin, what are you going with out of these three? Viking. Viking. It's Peter. We don't even need to come to you. I'm afraid. Well, I, I've got. I've got to cut in. The the problem is what you guys haven't realised is I did actually look at the Viking list and it looks really tasty. However, in this listing, it's limited it down to the options. So basically, you've got a choice of having I think all of two light infantry. So considering mm. everybody else well, shooting stuff, they're going to get shot to hell. Oh, but they can have armor but but you know actually peter the great thing about this is the way this worked out your opinion just doesn't matter at all um well i've just, got the hair i know you've got the hair and the viking you know the viking facial hair but unfortunately that's not going to count double votes so so we've got the vikings going we've got it should do but it doesn't we've yeah. got the vikings going through then um against the patrician romans so so let's go into the semi-finals So first semi-final, and we're getting into the sudden death stage of this, which um, given we've killed off nine other armies already, is pretty accurate. So we'll start in the middle. So classical Indians um, against the Arab conquest. 
what a matchup. Well, I suppose it, uh, the Arab conquest never quite got that far. They delegated it to the Kurasanians and the Abbasids and stuff, didn't they? And it took quite a while. So, Mr. Saunders, who are you saying? Are the um, is the is the power of Islam going to sweep into India, or are they going to be repulsed? Arab and, um, conquest all the way. The Arab conquest has got to have the elephant slaying base of elite javelin men. Uh, it's got elephant slayers, right? Okay, elephant just one. Slayers, which is going to be the thing, but. I think all those impetuous, heavy foots, even going into terrain, is just going to swamp that. It, it, it's a, it's a no contest. You no might contest. the elephants might kill a couple of guys, but it's, the bowmen will get murdered by the uh, heavy foot, impetuous elite. Interesting theory. Well, Micah, Roy, um, do you think that sounds like a fun army to be playing with, though? No, no, no. <laughs> You'll have to win. Remember. Is yeah, it... we, we can, you can win, but you can have a smile on your face. No, not for me. <laughs> Fair comment. I suppose it is a competition after all. Okay. Um, Mr. Finkel, where, where are you saying out of Indians and Arab conquest? Oh, so it's actually a tricky one. I think the numbers in the uh, Arab conquest might just give them the edge. Okay. They, they're going to tip <laughs> over the edge. Simon, what about you? Um, where are you going with Arab conquest against Indians? Arab conquest all the way. Impetuous swordsman versus swordsman. It's going to be... It's going to be an army, sorry, it will be a game that guarantees a result. I'm going with the Arab Conquest. Okay. It's just going to be so, horrible. It's going to be charge, dead. So, Peter, we'll, you know, as we um, we so rudely cast, cut you aside last time, we're going to give you potentially the casting vote here. Um, so you're talking Arab Conquest against classical Indian. It's Arab Conquest. It's the new elephant. Heavy it's impetuous the new sword, elephant. provided they pick the heavy impetuous swordman and not go and wuss out and pick the spearman. Right. Heavy impetuous swordman, and they've got to go forward. It's got to be, it's got to be played really aggressive, got to be straight up in their face. It's a whole three movement. Yeah, you need to be hitting them sort of like turn two, just going straight into it. Right. So the army of the prophet, peace be upon him, that's straight through to the final. No one else even gets a vote. So going down then to the, the next semi-final which we've got the Patrician Romans against the Vikings. So let's start the other end. So Tamsin, where are you going with Patrician Romans? You know, if, if they're bringing all those impetuous oh, wardens. I'd, I'd love to see the Vikings sort of swamp, swamp all the way down to it, Italy and take out Rome. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Romans. Yeah. Romans, Romans. Right. Adam, what about you? You've you've got some sort of Romans, but not quite the Patrician ones, haven't you? Um which of those two are you seeing in, in the matchup of Netflix TV series? This, I don't know, it's difficult because on the one hand, I can't make for sort of like Rygate Army. On the other mm. hand, sort of like hearing Simon wax poetical about big hairy men with giant choppers made me feel a little bit worried and unclean as well. So I'm not sure which one of those two armies I could vote for. But mm. when it comes down to it... Um, I am going to vote for Simon's homoerotic fantasies to the Vikings. The Vikings. So it's Vikings right. one, Patricians one. Um, so, so following on from that theme, Simon, tell us what your fantasy is in this one. Where, what are you going for in this? So we've got pickled, pickled herring, pickled fish versus the pizza. Which one do you think would win? We know Vikings make good, um, good aquavit and other distilled alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I'm going Vikings. You're going Vikings. Vikings are two for one. Um, <laughs> look, at, look at the disgust in his face. <laughs> He's crying. 
<laughs> right. Uh, Predictions, mate. Right? <laughs> okay peter what about you where are you going with this one then um vikings against patrician romans who is vikings, the new it's you know it patrician romans won't have enough shooters the vikings will just come straight forward and get hairy straight into their face don't you think patrician's got you know no we're, we're just we're just picking on the Italians because the North Macedonians have done them, isn't it? Well, so, you know, Vikings, two-handed choppers, straight <coughs> in there. Okay, so we're three and one then. So um, Saunders, what about you? Where, where are you up to on this one? Patrician Roman, it's got a better command and control. You can have two brilliant generals. It can float around. It's got two bowmen. It's got two cataphracts. And you have the Frankish ally running straight down the middle with five elites. Impetuous infantry. The impetuous infantry will, and the impact infantry will, kick the Viking spearmen completely into touch. So, Patricia, is, is that is that better command and control down to Roberto, Roberto Mancini's hair? Is that <laughs> is that really a big part of it? Because it didn't really help in um, in midweek. But I don't think he's yeah. very patrician. He's more of a plebeian, like it was. Okay, then that's the thing. So, so we're three and two as we come to Andy. Then, um, Andy, what are you going for? Are you going for the the old school Romans or the um, the new hair? No, well, well, the 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 Vikings have got better beer, and they um, they've also got huskarls with um, two handed weapons. They can be armored. They can have missile support, which mitigates a lot of what the uh, enemy can do to them. Uh, and I just think that you know their own impetuous stuff is more than a match for the um, any patrician Roman. Uh, you know, Frank, Frankish allies who are impetuous. So uh, I think that the Vikings would, would have the edge. Well, well, you know, I, I would have probably four, gone for the, the Romans myself, but it's four, four to two, four to three, if you count my vote. So we're going through now into the final. Final then, roll call, determining who wins roll call this weekend. We've actually got the Arab conquest against the Vikings. So it's sort of historical, which I suppose is um is appropriate because these are all from the same time period. It's not an open competition. But let's just start right at the top and go through it. So, Peter, you've got the Arab conquest, the new rock and roll, no elephants there, against the Vikings, the new rock and roll, no elephants there, heavy foot. What how do you see that game playing out? What's going to be happening for it? Oh, well, it's, it's going to be the Clash of the Titans. It's going to be one of those where you're just looking at it and you go, somebody's going to be having a beer very early. Um, yep. I think the Arab Conquest is going to edge it for a couple of reasons. Um, namely, they can just get that extra couple of numbers in there and a few more lights in front to sort of screen them and get those extra couple of hits just on the Vikings before they go in and hit. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I'm going to give it to the uh, Arab Conquest uh, due to the fact they might have a little bit of an overlap on the numbers. Arab it's the conquest. fact that you can paint it with Conquest paints. Has that got anything to do with it? Plus, <laughs> I painted up a load of them, and they look really nice. It's done. Okay. All right, Tamsin, oh, who's who's winning out numbers of you? Numbers will edge it. Sorry? Numbers will edge it, Arab Conquest. Arab Conquest. Mm. So we're two for the Arab Conquest. Ooh. Right. So, Mr. Finkel, who, who are you going with? <laughs> I think the Arab Conquest would have the edge on numbers, and I think that will prove decisive. So it's three. So, oh, right. So, um, Alan, have you have you got a new, insightful, and, and completely different opinion on on this particular, very specific matchup? Then you can't win anything with kids. 
Okay, well, um, perhaps not an entirely surprising opinion. Um, right next. Adam, what about you? Who, where are you going with, with Vikings against the Conquistadors? Is it three versus plays one at the moment? I think it three is, versus yeah. Nil. Yes, three versus nil. Three nil at half-time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, three nil. Um, so, um, first, I remember the last time we did this um, in the final, I wasn't allowed to vote for Dashians, and I did, and they ended up winning. So is Dashians yeah. an option in I'm afraid not. No one's put Dacians in it, mate. It's, in that case, on that basis, just to keep the tension going on a little bit longer, I'm going to cast my vote for the Vikings. That's a, that's honestly that's a better rationale than I've heard from anyone else for any other choice so far this evening. Um, Simon, what about you? Drunken hooligans all the way. Bring on the Vikings. Vikings three to two. Mister Saunders, where are you at with this one? Three kingdoms, Korean. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, uh, well, we'll see that one. Let's see if you pull an Adam on it. But um, but of the two, where are you going with the the Araby conquest or the hairy Vikings? Oh, it's a difficult one. Huh? Really difficult. I. It depends on the composition. Well, of course, you know it depends who they pick on the day. Do the players turn up? Have they get a dodgy stomach? Is it like the FA Cup semi final from eight years ago? It depends if you have the. Um... Camp, the the the, the, the what, what is what is it with a sacred camp? I don't even know what the rules are for that. I don't well, think anybody else does. Nobody's nobody else them. does. Nobody else uses them. Sacred, oh, okay, we'll go with the sacred camp, Arab conquest. Arab conquest. So it's a win for the Arab conquest. The Arab conquest sweep through to victory, which is great news for Ian Sewell from um, from the War Club <laughs> and Paul Frith from um, Paul Frith from, game. and Paul Frith as well. So. Um, so there's two Arab conquests going through to um, to contest at each other in the final. So I think that does, thankfully, draw another line under world of war, 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 war sports for the, um, this weekend. It might be time for French techno music, I believe, now that we've done world of war, war, war sports music. So, and if it's French techno, that means it must be Andy Squeeze. So Andy, in um, you got a, a COVID-based quiz? Is this um? No, no, no not COVID-based. I've got, I've got, I've got the answers. To, did we do the answer, the answers to the last quiz last oh, time? We I didn't. can't remember. We didn't know. We, we were building up oh, tension for a whole month. Beer-based. Yeah. So the beer, the beer one. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Okay. So the previous questions were, um, first one was, in addition to Germany, which World War II nation's army had a general called Hofmeister? Was it France, Canada, or South Africa? South Africa? France or Canada? I don't know. It was actually Canada. Okay. Right, number two, in which 1917 battle did the Australian Imperial Light Horse make a cavalry charge armed only with bayonets? Beersheba. Correct. And number three, in which year was the Battle of Bir Hakeim, where an outnumbered French brigade held up a German offensive for over two weeks? Was it in 1870, 1914 or 1942? 42. 72. 42. Yeah. Wow. It was in the Operation Gazala um, offensive in, in, in May 1942. Fantastic. More music. Les 
with them. So it's not a bedridden with flu type symptoms, general no, 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 quiz. No, 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 no. You've done something nothing different. like that. No, it 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 is hopefully um, fairly topical because it's um, Russian naval mishaps. Okay, all right, <laughs> right. So question one: Which of these mishaps has befallen the, the aircraft carrier Admiral Kuznetsov? A. In two thousand and nine, a fire broke out, causing a short circuit, causing which caused by a short circuit, causing the death of a crew member from carbon monoxide poisoning. Or B. In twenty eighteen, while undergoing a refit in dry dock, the dry dock sank, sending a seventy ton crane crashing onto the ship and causing a five meter gash. Or C, in 2019, the ship caught fire during repair work at Murmansk. Wow. So, so which of those do you think may have happened? The question is, which of those do you think may have happened to the Admiral Kuznetsov, which is Russia's only aircraft carrier? Okay. Right, so question two is more mishaps. Which of the following mishaps befell the Russian Baltic fleet on route to the far east the Russian Japanese so first one is on 21st of October 1904, during an encounter with British trawlers in the North Sea, which the Russians identified as Japanese torpedo boats, although Japan is 20,000 miles away, the cruiser Aurora was engaged by seven Russian battleships and the ship's chaplain was killed. Or B... As the fleet left Tangier, one of the ships snagged the underwater telegraph cable, severing communications with Europe. Or C, the second-in-command, Admiral Folkersham, died en route and the fleet commander suppressed the news so as not to harm the fleet's morale. Um, and therefore, during the Battle of Tsushima, the, his squadron thought that he was still in command and of course he was dead. Do these, do these questions last longer than some of the wars they refer to? Probably, that, right? Yeah, good. Okay. The third, third one's a bit quicker, right? Okay. Yeah. In, in, in the last 20 years, which of the following Russian nuclear submarines has caught fire? A, the Daniel Muskovsky in 2006, B, the Ekaterinburg in 2011, or C, the Oriol in 2015? All of them, probably. <laughs> That's a possibility, isn't it? Well, look, thank you, Andy, for um, that, those, those questions on themes on the world of Russian Navy. Let's have some French techno. <laughs> So as we kind of come into the um the final closing stages then i guess a number of us are doing doing the roll call thing this this coming weekend and um i've got other stuff coming back we, we're sort of back into normal gaming and a month is what's coming up in the next month um roll call this weekend i've got 25 mil assyrians um dave i'm guessing you've got um koreans, koreans. you've got koreans um peter you're you're painting and basing something to finish as we speak yep yep it's all right the lists are out you can say what it is no 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 uh, just finishing off the chinese but um the other thing i'm going to be working on next is the samurai and the samurai the samurai are going to get started by the next one okay and simon what are you taking this weekend I'm taking my uh, Chin Chinese or Quin Chinese again. Oh, okay. This weekend, I've got the Su Tang Chinese. Really? I thought you said, okay. what am I painting? No, no, Wu Tang Chinese. Su Tang, yeah. you've got Sui and Tang this weekend. Yeah. Right, just gaming and stuff like that. And um, Okay. And um, and then coming up after that, any more events and, and gaming at Tamsin? Have you got some 
plans to get this Mega City one into action? Um, some point, probably solo games, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's going to get started. Yeah. See some uh, in terms of gaming, uh, hopefully I'll get a couple of get. I mean, try and get a couple of games in at club. I had a game the other week against Simon Finney, and my Allen's beat his late Imperial Romans. Oh, well, that's that just two of the commands on the tape because my flank because I had one command on a flank march and wow, they okay. did arrive, but did very little. It just time for the victory play. I but had very little to do. Okay, all right, that's always nice. Okay. Any any more events coming out? I think Dave, in two weeks' time, me and me and you are off to Germany, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to Germany. Be a hoot. Playing a schloss. Playing a schloss. And um and trying to visit a Roman history museum and the Battle of Bastogne as well yeah. on the way. Yeah, which should be kind of Bastogne. Which should be kind of epic. And then um is there anything else in April or is it just Easter? Do we um all have a break? There's not much in May, is there? There's just the London. Yeah, there's the one day. It's a one day, yeah. That, that seems very thin. For, uh... It does, doesn't it? Maybe there's some other events up north or something. Yeah, I mean, any... go, that'd be good. Let's go. Let's go and let's go and beat the Northerners in a one day. <laughs> let's <laughs> travel up to the frozen north and see what's actually up, happening on that one. <laughs> that could be it. I wonder if there's any other events coming up in that. Um, so actually, it could be. Um, it could be like a, a couple of months of just being sort of calm and sensible, couldn't it? Um, mm. Really, that'd be a bit weird. Isn't there nobody going to Scotland for anything? There's normally events in Scotland when we're yeah, things happening. Anything happening in Scotland. Mm. Yeah. What else does it say? Um, no, there's um, provisionally. No, they've got a provisional date of eighth of May for the Northern League. So we're double. We're doubled up on that one with the Southern League, and then um, then we need to decide about whether we whether we kind of oh, cheat into um, the bank holiday. Isn't the um, the Birmingham one? That's at That's the end June, of May, isn't it? End of May, beginning of June. It's over the bank holiday weekend, which makes it either really good or really difficult, doesn't it? Which we need to work out because the, the, that the yeah, that's the um, at the NEC. So that's the Games Expo one. But the Queen's declared decided that that's her jubilee birthday. So um, it's the Thursday, Friday before that is the bank holiday weekend. There's, there's a whole bunch of tournaments happening in the states over the next couple of months. If you just want to nip over there possibly but i think no that's probably a step too far just at the moment for some of the smaller ones um i think so it might actually be a fairly light on the old tournament scene apart from the next two weeks um when there's uh, there's one or two kind of going on so we could have some more tournament nonsense adam are you going to organize anything else down on um in entoyment um oh i need to crack on and do the um southern league one for december sorry was putting the date in for, i put the date in for that for so i need to get information out of that in there. Well, when yeah. is that going to be, Adam? Um, when we were talking about when the Southern League ones were doing, I said that I, I bagsied the end of the year one, I think. So November, December time. Yeah. And then when Warfare you... goes on sale this month as well, doesn't it? Warfare goes on sale around the 20th, I think. Haven't I got a ticket for Warfare already? No, no, that we've already... Um, Warfare was last year, Dave. I thought I got a ticket for Warfare this you year. You won't, because they're not on sale until the 20th of April. So okay. that'd be quite a challenge. Um, but we've got three <laughs> ADLG periods now, because there were so many people last time. To... We need to do a podcast for the Worlds, don't we? Oh, the Worlds, yeah, that'll be coming up. That's yeah. in that's in early June, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we need to do some actual thinking about armies and practising for it. But but if, you know, on that kind of um, thinking about armies and practising on that, that 
jarring discordant note which probably doesn't make any sense to anyone to listen to any of this it's probably time as as the clock ticks on um on british summertime for us to to wrap up for another month and um we shall see you with the with the answers to andy's quiz and um some more commentary on on other bits and pieces oh. in about a month's time so um you know i've been me you've been you we together are all we are all saying goodbye 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 bye bye Big matchup. This is determining who is going to win at roll call this weekend. And um, the final is between the Arab conquests and the Patrician Romans. So, no, it's not. Isn't it? No, it's Vikings. not. You're wrong. The Vikings. God. Yeah, I forgot it in seconds, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, if you lose the semi final, you don't go through to the final. That's how it normally works. True, true, works. true. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to play a plate here. We're already. So let's try again. This means war. Yeah, we, we can, you can win, but you can have a smile on your face. No, not for me. <laughs> <laughs>